Hey team, what's up? It's Sa here from Sold On Company with another episode of the Sockcast. This is episode number two and I've got a very special guest with us today, co-owner of Tall Poppy Real Estate, Sam McIntyre. Sammy, thank you so much for joining us on the show today, man. How you been? Very good. Pleasure to be here, sir. Thank you so much, man. I know you're a busy man, so we don't have a lot of time, but um, for those of you who don't know what you do and where you've come from, can you give us a real brief outline of sort of where you started? I know you were sort of in the banking and you've been with Tall Poppy for a while now, but how did it all start? For you to get to where you are today as a co-owner oh long road to become an overnight success so that's a key thing there but um i guess growing up i was big on sales so through the banking industry massive in sales top performing salesperson, but sort of capped in terms of income always business-minded entrepreneurial spirit from a young age hustling little side businesses here and there throughout my whole sort of schooling days and um left banking, left Australia, returned home to New Zealand for circumstances. My wife's father was sick, came back to New Zealand, and it was sort of where to from here. And then you've stayed in New Zealand, haven't you, since you moved back from Oz? Stayed in New Zealand, saw um, Tall Poppy Real Estate on day one as an opportunity. A guy was starting a company, he had something different, it was innovative, it was edgy, it had good values, I aligned with it, I just jumped on, you know, straight away, salesperson, very quickly, top of the game, bought a franchise, bought a few more, grew those businesses to bigger bigger than what the actual business was and then bought into the main business. So that's sort of from there to here. So what year were you actually, what year did you actually start with Tall Poppy when you came back from Oz and you saw the Tall Poppy uh, logo and you thought, yeah, that's me? 2012. So company started 2012, October, November 2012. So I guess we're coming up for a seventh birthday soon. That's incredible. Seven years you've been with Tall Poppy. Seven years, man. And you started from the ground up. Started from the bottom, now we're here. <laughs> so tell us, you now you're a co-owner and you've been one for three years, the co-owner of Tall Poppy? Yeah, three and a half, four. Yep. And you've worked right from the grassroots stuff, you've, you've done the hard sales, you've done the you know, knocking on doors, you've done the open homes, you've done all that and you've seen a lot in your time, I guess. Yeah, I draw the line at old school real estate and stuff that's inefficient and doesn't work, so no, I haven't knocked on doors on, or done cold calls, but... Yeah, I guess that's a benefit of, you know, going through that and being where I am today, I've done the stuff that people are doing now. So, you know, I'm not just sitting there saying, hey, you should do this or you can should consider doing this. I'm actually, I've been there, I've done that, I've done everything in the company pretty much, pretty much everything, because when we first bought in, there was nothing. It was the owner and a part-time admin, and we pretty much had to do everything. Like, we were the admin people, we were the finance, we were the marketing, we were the training, we were the everything. So I've done pretty much everything in the company across the board. And so what's it like now? You're at sort of at the ownership level. Do you look back at those years and did you ever think you'd get to where you are now? Or did you always have this goal like, you know what, one day I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to own this company, I'm just going to keep at it and keep working? Or did you just sort of fall into it? Uh, no, very intentional. So I, I play big rather than small there's no point doing things small so you know the first day that I met David I didn't even have a license I'd applied for a job that said you need to be an existing real estate agent with two years experience proven selling track record in the industry to apply for the job and I applied for it and I said I've got neither but I'm your man and that day and it's not it's not cocky cockiness or arrogance it's just belief and determination that day I said David I'm going to own the business or I'm going to own a franchise and he pretty much sold me a franchise on the spot. He must have seen something in me. but So I did that and then always had ambitions to own the whole thing so just kept on pushing and pushing to do that. Got myself in a position where it was strong enough to actually make that happen. And so what 
is the plan now? You're here, you're at the ownership level, you've been doing it for three years now. You must have some ideas of sort of where you want the company to go because I get the sense that you're not in here just to you know, do things day by day. You're looking to grow something here? Yeah, we're looking to grow something special, not just a boring, ordinary, traditional company that's the same as all the others because that's what I see in the marketplace. Most of, probably 80-90% of the players out there, same. Just all the same. So we're out to do something special. We're out, out to do something special not for ourselves but for the people of New Zealand. So this month we actually ticked over $35 million worth of savings. So that's from the start until now. $35 million worth of savings in the industry off standard fees for people selling with us. And that is just a fraction of what we've actually saved Kiwi. So that's what we've personally saved. But if you took into account what everyone else is doing, dropping their fees, and we've seen over years and years People are starting to drop their fees. We go in, we get dominant, and everyone else drops to ours or below or whatever they have to do to try and get business to stay afloat. That is probably hundreds of millions of dollars if you add up all of that. Mm. So the, the vision's a big one. The vision's a, a something different, something that challenges the norms and to bring fairness for Kiwis. Talk to us about the elephant in the room, I guess, and that's the fees thing because when people are looking to sell their house, one of the things I think of the most is, geez, that's a lot of money I'm paying to a real estate agent to provide a service. And Tor Poppy's got this uh, fair fixed fee model. Uh, was that one of the things that attracted you to the business and your thoughts as well on what other companies or companies in general, I guess, are charging in terms of the real estate fee commission? Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, without a doubt, that was something that drew me to the, the company for sure. Because anything that offers Kiwis or the consumer a better deal through doing things in a smart way, I'm attracted to because it just makes sense, right? I'm a, of an age like you are and we've grown up in a time where we look at some of the old school things and we go, why? And I guess that's the beauty and that's why there's a whole lot of disruption and innovation happening in the world because our generation's coming through and looking at old school outdated things going, why? Um, so that that's a huge, huge attraction for me and... Um, I've forgotten your question, man. No, that's all good. I was just talking about the, the commission fees yep. structure and flat, it goes into the whole idea of the old school way of doing real estate. Yeah, and, and you asked about the other, sorry, you asked about the other companies and their fees and that sort of thing. And look, their fees are their fees. That's their model. And they're, they're operating in a, in a way where they have to charge those fees. So I sort of feel sorry in a way for the agents that work for those companies because the companies are structured in such a way where there's an office in every town on Main Street that costs a lot of money. It's not just the rent and the rates and the, the fit-out and all that sort of stuff. It's the people inside the office. It's terribly inefficient, and you've got to pay for that somehow. So actually, they have to charge a higher fee to cover the cost of that office. And I, I sort of feel bad in a way for them because you know they're delivering the same service and results and whatever else the same way as what we're doing, but they have to charge a whole lot more for it. It's nuts, isn't it? Well, of course, I'm. It's absolutely say that, crazy. Well, I, I think that as well because before I got into real estate, I was thinking, "Geez, that's that's a shitload of money for not a lot in terms of." I mean, if you took thirty, forty thousand dollars, which we're hearing some people charge on a commission of a house, that's a brand new car in some cases. Yeah, and for different people, it's different things. You know, it's holidays, it's paying oh. off debt, it's whatever to make a difference in their life yep. rather than paying it to a real estate company. And the sad thing is, uh, is the poor old real estate agent and I. <laughs> Like, I'm not feeling sorry for these guys, but the poor don't old feel sorry real estate, real estate agent, agents, they don't actually get anywhere near as much as what the public thinks, yeah. right? So the, the main franchise company, they take a big slice off the top and then the local franchisee takes half of what's left over and then real estate agents between themselves are left to share the difference. And what they get is actually not much. And, you know, you guys, you're in a, a position where you can go out, you can deliver an exceptional service. What you guys are doing is, I, I would put my my 
house on the line and say, what you guys are doing is better than everyone else in the coast. You're doing it for a lower fee and you're getting the amount of money that you're getting, not that the consumer cares about this, but the amount of money that you're getting is the same amount or more as what those guys are getting for charging huge fees. And it's the customer, the homeowner at the end of the day who suffers as well because they're, they're, they're paying more by going with the other companies, aren't they? They're paying for the other company's office and the people in the office and their inefficient model. Like it, it just doesn't make sense. Like in a, in a days, in, a, in an age where everything's done through technology and we can run our real estate business through our phone in our car if we want to, why would we have to pay for this big flash office, which the, the office plays no role whatsoever in selling a house? Yeah, it's like the customer's paying for it. Why? Totally. Yeah, yeah. If that's not helping me sell my house, why the hell am I paying for it? It doesn't make sense. Do you reckon we're seeing this generational shift uh, in terms of people our age and our generation, and for those who don't know, you know, sub 35, um, and in the old school way of thinking, because there's this notion out there that the more you pay, the better service you get, but it's not true, isn't it? It's, it's not true. It's absolute nonsense, but... The evolution of the company, we actually had to increase our fees, which is a bizarre thing to have to do because we had a $10,000 flat fee at the start, right? For, you could have a $5 million house, it was a $10,000 flat fee. But what happened was that was the perception and we were too cheap. When you're going in at 10 instead of 60 and saying that you're doing the same thing as what the other guy's doing in the same way in the same place, it's too good to be true. So we had to increase our fees to actually start getting business in the higher end, which is bizarre, but that's what we had to do. Let's talk about the future of real estate because, uh, you know, the reason why myself, Chris and Carl got into this is because we wanted to be different, we wanted to innovate, we wanted to change the way real estate's done, and that's why we joined Tall Poppy because we felt out of all the real estate companies out there, Tall Poppy was the only one that was really looking to change the game and do things differently, which was quite attractive because prior to that, you know, I really don't like real estate agents if I'm honest, but... There's room at Tall Poppy to be innovative, and that's something you push as well. But where do you see the future of real estate? Where do you think the change is happening? What are some of the things you're seeing on the horizon? I'm just going to, uh, before we go there, I'm just going to touch on this because you're working for an innovative company and you're innovating. You're innovating inside an innovator, which is sort of multiplying that. So you like you guys are doing amazing things. You like people from sort of around the world now are watching some of what yeah. you're doing, and yep. I've got a following on LinkedIn, and there's six thousand agents, and there's America and UK and Australia, and like these people are now turning to look at your stuff and going, "Wow, this is amazing. These guys are really onto it." So you're getting noticed in the marketplace. Um, but changes in the industry, I think what you guys are doing, totally teams. Teams are going to be individuals every day of the week, not just on numbers and awards and all this sort of stuff, on service, on results, on everything. One person can't do what a group of people can do. So people, three people working together, in your case, three people working together is delivering an outstanding experience. If you've all got a role to play and you're all doing that very well, you're going to outperform individuals every day of the week. So that's one thing, teams. Uh, another thing would be... Um, Buyers have access to far more information now, so it's not smarter. Hey, buyers are smarter. Buyers are a hell of a lot smarter in every industry. They've got access to more information, so they demand more of us. So levels of service has to increase. People want ease and convenience. They want to be able to get stuff now rather than have to wait. And a real estate agent being a gatekeeper. Um, another thing would be smarter marketing. This is something that you guys are jumping all over, right? So rather than just sticking an ad in the paper and sticking a, a thing online and hoping for the best you're actually having to think about marketing if you want to be any good. You want to attract active buyers, you want to attract passive buyers, you want to be showing on people's mobile phones, on their computer screens, in their paper when they open it. You want to be everywhere and you want to do it smart. You don't want to um, 
waste a whole lot of the seller's money. You want to do it in a smart way. And some of the online digital stuff is really bringing this now. It's huge, and, and, and that's why we invest so heavily in it, because we know it works. And I know you, you and I are great fans of Gary Vee, and he's always talking about competing for attention. You know, where are people's attention today? Where are the buyer's attention? And a lot of them, their attention's on their cell phone. They're, they're always carrying around their cell phone. They're not always carrying around a newspaper. So for us, it's like, well, if, if our buyers are going to be on their phones, then we need to be on their phones as well. Totally. And um, yeah, trade me, what did they say at our conference? 49% of sellers and buyers in the next two years are going to be millennials. Where do they look? How do they interact? They're glued to the phone, aren't they? Oh, checking it every you know two minutes. Just yeah. the board waiting for a haircut, checking their phone. They're in the toilet, checking their phone. It's nuts. And you never get a newspaper. Like the newspaper had attention years and years ago, but that's changed now. And I know you're really big on the digital space as well. Talk to us about how you want to implement that into Tall Poppy because you're trying to push, the, I know you're trying to push the agents to more video, to more social media, more Google display networks, more uh, Facebook ads, et cetera, YouTube ads as well. Yeah, so it's for us it's about making it easier for the agent. So integrating it with the systems that we use so you can pretty much hit a button and have a targeted ad that goes out. It's about making it easier and taking down the barriers because the, the average industry age in New Zealand is something like 56. So it doesn't come natural to most agents. So you really have to pull down all the barriers, all the excuses and try and make it easier. So we're getting smart digital products. We're plugging them into the CRM so people can just choose to sell that to the client um, and push a button and it goes, right? And we're we're investing in technology and being market leaders in a whole lot of things like BombBomb as an example where it's not just technology for the sake of technology, it's technology for the sake of a better customer experience. So this is like... For the people out there, it's rather than receiving an email from someone, 7% of communication is words. The rest is body language and tone. You can get tone on the phone. You can't get body language. In an email, you get neither. You just get the 7% of words and interpret it how you want to interpret it. Bomb, bomb, you can pull out your phone. You can create a video. You can send it as, as an email. And people can get the intention of what you're trying to say. Talk to us about uh, social media. It's another thing that uh, Chris, Carl, and myself are really big on, and we're still building it now. I mean, we've, there's three of us, and there's still, I feel personally, that we're still leaving a lot on the table, but we're trying to push the envelope and push the boundaries in terms of getting, terms of getting social media content out there for consumers. What are your thoughts on agents these days and social media usage? Um, uh-huh. it's, it's, it's a bit, I was going to say up and down, but it's probably more down than up. But what are, you, what are you seeing in that space? Look, I would say social media is still heavily under, underutilised by agents for getting business, but also f- by agents to sell houses. So uh, if we took a stab in the dark, I would say 80 to 90% of agents are poor on social media. And I think if someone's looking for a good agent, they should have social media skills. If they don't personally have the social media skills, let's say they're older, it's not native to them, they need to have someone who does have those skills, so a PA or, or a support or a marketing function where they can outsource that too because we're seeing houses bought off Facebook. We're seeing houses bought off Instagram. We're seeing these results. They're phenomenal. I was on social media six and a half years ago when my ads were coming up. People didn't even realise that they were ads because they were brand new. So social media is not new but it's been done very, very poorly by a lot of people. And the one great thing, and I know Chris is a huge fan about this, is the measurables. Like oh. You can see who's, who's clicked through, who's watched your video, how much they've watched of it, um, where they're dropping off, and you can comment, you can tag people in so you can follow them up, you can find them on Facebook. It's just a, a great way to sort of engage with people and, and, and most importantly get the metric of actually is it working, is it not? It's a total game changer because 
it's cheap. It's still cheap. It oh, will, so cheap. It will double in price and it will double again and it will still be cheap, right? But, you know, in terms of placing, an, and I'm not saying don't place an ad in the newspaper because there are buyers that still look there, but in terms of putting an ad in the newspaper, let's call it the $300 ad, mm-hmm. and the circulation is 15,000. It goes into 15,000 letterboxes. Well, how many of those 15,000 saw your ad? It's how, a guess. You don't how, know. How many were male? How many were female? How old were they? How long were they reading the paper for? How long did they look at How many the pages for? did they read? Exactly. You don't get any of that, right? So you're throwing money out there and you're hoping for the best. Social media is so measured, so targeted, and you can tell what's going on. So you might do a test campaign. You might throw 20 bucks out there, run a video, um, and see what audience engages with it. So say you get a new, new listing or something that's coming soon, you cut a little snippet up, you stick it out there, throw it out there for everyone, and then you go, oh my gosh, overwhelmingly 35 to 49-year-old females are loving the look of this property. Let's change up our marketing Let's to target that group. 100%. Just smart, makes sense, right? And this is this is the whole thing I go back to. It's that whole active versus passive marketing. And so for me, passive marketing would be your billboards and your fly drops and your um, you know newspaper ads. And then you've got your active marketing where you're marketing but you're measuring and then you're tailoring and you're adapting the way you market it and I know one thing we do it at Sold on Carpet to Poppy is we run ads look at it and see where the engagement is and, and one metric I love is that the relevant score that you get on the Facebook ads and I've, I've been blown away because I didn't think it would be that great but our property videos that we run have a relevant score of 9 to 10 out of 10 which is nuts which just brings the cost down for how much we're actually paying per impression for the click so recently we've got 24 Gavin Road, which is on the market at the moment, and we've spent, I think, maybe $100, and we've had thousands and thousands and thousands of views on that, and breaking down to cost per click to the link to the actual ad on TradeMe is about $0.24 cents wow. per person going deliberately to your home listing on TradeMe. $0.24, cents, mm. which is nuts. It also speaks volumes for the quality of your videos that you guys are doing too, though, because if it was a terrible video or like the majority of agents out there, no video, then it would be a lot more expensive and it would be less relevant. Yeah, totally. And and, and that's why we love using the digital space because we can measure what we're doing and seeing what works and then be able to adapt. And because there's three of us, I mean, we all think quite differently about things. We've got so many ideas and we have some good brainstorms about what we should and shouldn't be doing. But I love the fact that we can adapt and try things and see if it works because we are so impressionable. I mean, we're the youngest real estate agents on the coast. I mean, Carl's the youngest, followed by me and then Chris. And we're just in this game. We've already, I think we've sold 20 plus houses in the few months that we've been in here, which is, um, yeah, quite surprising. And one thing I will say as well is uh, Chris and I have always had this discussion about customer service. And I know you're really big on customer service, but we've been blown away by uh, people who visit our open homes when we've just called them back, followed them up to see how they're going, they haven't been expecting a call from their agent mm. Mm. Or, or talking to them at an open home because we can have two or three people at an open home and they're just blowing away. They're like, oh, you're actually talking to me. I'm like, yeah, isn't that what agents do? They're, oh, no, the agents we've had, either just text or they don't even get in touch at all. How, how important is that customer service, do you think, moving forward if you want to survive? Yeah, it should be a core strategy because repeat and referral business accounts for a lot. Um, the people that you're in front of, uh, they're your next listing, potentially. So customer experience has to be high on the list, but value for money as well. So I, I think with an outstanding customer experience and a fair fee, it's like a no-brainer. On the age thing, you were just talking about the age and being the youngest, and it's you guys and then a country mile to the next. Yeah, uh, yeah and, it is. And it I, is. I, faced, <laughs> I faced that same thing when I started. But what I have noticed um, nationally and internationally is 
The agent experience thing is far less relevant than it was before. It was a barrier, it was a hurdle. I'm speaking at a young professionals at real estate um, and real estate panel tonight. And one of the thing, one of the questions was, what challenges did you face being a younger agent? I just see it as opportunities. No challenge, all opportunity. But you know what we're seeing is younger agents and newer agents. So not necessarily younger agents, but less experienced agents. You can go from zero to hero very quickly because in the market there's a lot of staleness. People doing the same thing as they were doing ages ago. They um, have become complacent and with new business energy, drive passion. You can get in there, you can disrupt the market and you can you can get really big really quick. The other thing is, you know, you used to have to know so much and build your knowledge base over years and years and years and ten after 10 years you'd be a competent sort of a real estate agent. People now in the speed of learning and technology, you can pick things up so quickly. You can be an expert within six months and, and like you guys are, fast become an expert or an authority in parts of the market. We're just sponges. We're just sponges trying to soak up as much information out there. And we're always thinking about things from a customer service point of view. So if I was the homeowner here or if I was the client, what would I want my agents to be doing? And then we just reverse engineer everything and go, okay, well, as a client, I'd want to know what's happening with my house. Mm-hmm. I want to know um, you know, what it might sell for. I want to know what marketing I need. I want you to tell me what I need. I want to be in communication with you so I've got an up-to-date play. And it's like, okay, yeah, well, let's do that then because mm. that works. And this is what we do as a company too. So some touching on some of the things that you're just saying, you know, the dashboard that we're bringing out, real-time live information. How come I have to wait until Wednesday Sunday or Monday or Wednesday? weekly report to Get know it out what's now. going on? I just want to be able to log in and see what's happening now. This is the... You know, this is the days and the times. We had a real estate agent who I was trying to get onto Uber for two years, an older franchisee. Didn't didn't go on Uber, would call the taxi, would wait 25 to 30 minutes for the taxi to turn up. We were in town the other day. She pressed order a cab. It was eight minutes and she just found it outrageous. Like, times are changing now. People want things right now. We value our time so much, don't we? And, and, and like you say, if it's going to take longer than... What's that stat you always go on about? You know, 5%, if you get back to someone... Within five minutes, uh, they're 95% more likely to use you. Is that right? So these are actual stats and across multiple industries, um, very specific to real estate as well. So um, if you reply to someone within an hour, uh, if you reply to someone within 24 hours, you're 5% chance of converting that into a lead now or into a sale. If you reply within two hours, you're 50%. If you reply within five minutes, you're 95% now. And this is like you and me do this. We go, if we don't know anyone in an industry, if we don't have an existing relationship, say we want a new tyre for our car, we go mechanic, capity, we plug it into Google. Go, show me. The list comes up, there's ratings and reviews. Whoever's at the top, we just call that one. If they don't answer, we just call the next one. If they don't answer, we call the next one. They've got the job. Yep. It's immediacy. Yeah, and, and this is one thing I remember when I was trying to explain to some business owners is that your shop front is no longer your physical shop front. Because back in the day, people used to go to a shop, look at the menu, go inside, decide then and there whether they liked it or not, and leave. But nowadays, people are doing that all online. They're going online, looking at the reviews, looking for video testimonials, looking for reviews, text-based reviews, and then they're making a decision whether or not they want to go. Yep. That's the same with real estate it's agents online, now, isn't it? There's an online interview and an in-person interview. And I tell you what, in the States, they have far better profiles. They have far better online information available to buyers and sellers. So... In New Zealand, the stats are 38% of people only called in one agent. They decided they called in one agent and they signed up. In the States, it's more like 72%. And that's because of ratings and reviews and videos and online information where they can access so much stuff and then just call in the person because they've already made the, des- the decision. And um, and in 
our, our own tall poppy survey, we did a survey and it was, um, uh, had you decided to use tall poppy before you, before the agent turned up? Half of people had already decided, nearly half of people had already decided. So whether that's having a good website or whether that's the offer or whether the agents are doing better at giving testimonials, ratings, reviews, whatever. 100%. And I think it goes back to that time thing where people don't have time to do all the interviews to get people in and do all the chat. So they're going online, doing their research, qualifying potential service people, whether it's in real estate or a tie company, seeing, deciding then and there whether they want to get them in. And, and that's why the online space is so important. And we're doing a social media workshop coming up. I'm going to be talking about how to build your online brand so people feel like they know, like, trust you before you even get in that door. And we've had just recently um, appraisal where someone watched one of our videos that we shot oh, two or three months ago, which was bizarre. And they saw us then, and then they followed us on our page, watched our other videos, and they felt like they knew us before we went in, which gives us a great advantage and just a testimony testament to how powerful that whole social media digital space is isn't it yeah video builds trust so people feel like they know you before they've even met you and I experience this too because I do a daily video and it's not targeted at consumers it's targeted at real estate agents but I've just been over to a conference with 3,000 people I had random people coming up to me and saying hello like they knew who I was and I just had this puzzled look on my face I had no idea who they were and then they'd introduce and then say that they'd seen my videos. So video builds trust. Also, repetition builds trust. So, you know, take away the social and the video and everything else. Just being in front of people, some somehow, some way, flyers, phone calls, whatever, repetition will build that trust as well. But social media certainly amplifies it and oh, video. Because you can scale it. Totally. You, know, you, you, you can get in front of people who are in Auckland while you're in Wellington. You can get in front of people overseas. In fact, we had one person purchase one of our properties recently didn't even set foot in the house, but they'd watched our video mm. and we provided them so much value in terms of what the house offered that they actually put an offer, offer in on the house and won. Yeah. And they said, I, I felt like I had a really good feel for the property based on your video that you had shot. Yeah. And the floor plan that you did. I mean, floor plan video, and now you can go the 3D floor plans and yep. the 3D videos, and people can actually zoom in and see a little mark on the wall if they want to through Matterport videos. It's, yeah, it's amazing. Mm. Lastly, hey, um, tips like. You're always trying to recruit tool poppies, always trying to get new people in. Um, real estate's one of those industries where they don't really teach you in at school. It's not one of the, hey, what do you want to be, police officer, fireman, or real estate agent? It's probably very far down on the Low list. Low on the chain. Low on the chain. But for those out there who are thinking, oh, I don't really like real estate agents, which was my thinking, but you know, I might get into it, which is where I am now. What advice would you give to them knowing you started at the bottom, worked yourself to the top, and you're now talking to people who are thinking, umming and aing about becoming a real estate agent? Yeah, look, I think people like us and Chris and Carl got into real estate to help change the perception. Uh, that's certainly what I did. I never wanted to, I, I always wanted to go into real estate, but I never wanted to go into real estate because I didn't want to be one of those sharky or have the perception of being a real estate agent. So that's why I was attracted to Tall Poppy. But, you know, it's, um, it's a great industry. It's the, the income is phenomenal. I've just been looking at average incomes today. The, the income for what we do, like, we have to solve problems, we have to add value. The more people we help, the more we get paid, right? But in terms of what you get paid, the, the, the potential of what you can get paid, it's huge. So for anyone who feels like they're limited or capped or they're on a bonus structure that just doesn't reward them like I was in the bank, I could get 1,400% of target and get paid the same as someone that got 110%. For anyone in that boat, it's an amazing career. Um, what you do, so you said tips, so what you do need to be mindful of is it's a commission-only business, right? So it's not for everyone, and the majority of people fail. 
That's the harsh reality. So that's something that I saw a couple of years ago was 12 out of 13 new agents fail within two years. 70% are gone in the first year. So you have to be determined that you are going to be the one to succeed because it takes a special kind of person. It takes a hell of a lot of hard work to get going. And if you're considering going into real estate, I would say you need a point of difference. So if you're in an area where we aren't, you need to find your own point of difference that you can leverage or you need to find a company that is different to all the other companies because most are the same. So when people are considering picking a real estate agent, all the companies are the same, they charge the same fee, they market in the same places, apart from these guys are experienced and they sell a lot of houses and you're brand new. Like, why are you going to pick you? So you need to think about that and you need to bring a point of difference to the, the marketplace. There you go, spoken like a true pro. Uh, that's Sam McIntyre, co-owner of Tall Poppy Real Estate here on the coast. Thanks for listening. Some good tips there for any young people wanting to get into real estate. There is room for you to come on in, join us. It'll be great to have you. But Sam, thanks for joining us, bro. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Pleasure.